There's even a sample here, but I don't I, I don't want to start reading it unless the the kernel's going to be in it. <laughs> they have a version. I imagine where he shows up later in the story, but it comes with mashed potatoes and a drink. <laughs> Now, now, right. Craig, if you do well, find... Well, that, that version comes all heaped into a bowl, all just <laughs> smashed together. <laughs> now, now, Craig, if you do find something to read, remember, the kernel has to be deep southern. You can't read it in your, in oh, your no, Yankee I'm, I'm accent aware. there. Yeah. You also need to do a text search for finger licking good. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not in there, that's disappointing. Oh, my God. Two sixteen, it's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy and a guy. That's great. Jeez, did I did I get that's did you do that right? Correct number of guys. Yes, because sometimes that gets away from me. A guy and a guy and a guy and a guy. Yeah, it's like spelling banana. Guy and a guy and a guy. Or Mississippi. Unless you're going so funny. Um. Yes. Here we are. Um. I'm Craig. I'm Mike. And. How's how's everything, Mike? How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm pretty good because uh, we've we've got some people that have decided to donate some money to us, and so we're we're calling out to the rest of you people. What's wrong with you? We did. <laughs> yeah. Nerdburger Bagel Fun. <laughs> yes. Go to nerdburgershow.com um, slash bot and, and no. Just press the <laughs> donate button or go to the thing on the side that says Bagelthon, and uh, you can learn all about. But you'll get. Um, there's all sorts of freebie stuff to get uh, for throwing a few bucks our way, so that we can uh, take care of some equipment issues that are cropping up. So, but you said people actually donated. Yeah, we've got people. More than just the people who were testing the buttons. Yes, more than just the people <laughs> who were testing the buttons. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's underway. So Yay. everybody, if you like the show, please consider uh, throwing a few dollars at us. There's free stuff for you. Uh, guests. Generic white and nerdy theme song for two people. Ando's and going to be a little bit upset because yeah, he didn't well, use his normal, but it's weird. I now. live. Um, everybody, it's Ando. Woohoo! Ando. <laughs> Often imitated, never duplicated. Thankfully. <laughs> And I was um, going to go home after recording and immediately listen to his regular theme song about six <laughs> times in a row. Over, yeah. Actually, I'm going to work after this oh, for okay. like almost the rest well, of the night. You can listen to it in your car then. There you go. <laughs> um, we have a special, extra special, super duper special guest with us Woo! too via Skype. That's today. a lot of special. Yeah. Um, a guy named Michael. We're going to, it's not not the regular show guy, the, the guy that's normally not loud the guy, show. Michael. Yeah, not, not loud, not guy loud Michael. Michael. From Different last Michael. Week. Right. He's on two weeks in a row. Um, Michael from the RPG Academy. Michael, are you here? I am. Thank you guys for having me. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, so happy that you were still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 50-50. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, Thought we'd already scared you away. Yeah. What can you tell us? Uh, tell, tell, tell the listeners of Nerdburger who you are and why you're here. Okay. Uh, again, I am Michael. I am uh, one of the co-hosts of the RPG Academy podcast. Uh, we are... Going into our fifth year of podcasting, we do a wide variety of show types, including actual plays of various lengths and types, different games, theme systems. We also do interview shows. We also do uh, advice and discussion podcasts. And we also do a live Twitch show where we just basically hang out. It's kind of like a talk show. Very similar to kind of like what you guys do here, but we're less structured. Oh, wow. <laughs> Woo, boy. <laughs> less structured than Nerdburger. And there's video. <laughs> it's a Twitch show. Yeah, but we have faces for radio, so watch at your own risk. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, and then uh, specifically, I think we're going to talk a little bit about a catacon today, which is the convention that we started uh, around our podcast that we are currently trying to raise funds for for this year. Yes, yes. Um, because we have uh, the potential of uh, some interesting things coming as far as that goes. We're going to share that around with everybody in the listeners. We may have some listeners in the Ohio area or just, uh, you know, around Ohio um, who might want to pop over and check out your, uh, your convention, which is in November. Correct. If I remember correctly, we'll, we'll get into more detail on all of that. Absolutely. A little bit. Of course. Um, and it's worth noting that um, I know these guys from roughly a year ago right now. 
I was on uh, their show and tell podcast to talk about mergers and acquisitions because we are, as we record, three days away from the day I started that one year ago. Wow. Ooh. Wow. (laughs) Goodness. Coming up on one year. Jeez, it's already been a year. Hard to believe. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm starting to think about the next one, so. Um, But before we get into news and the rest of the show, Ando has something he wants to tell you all about. Yes, as is uh, as has kind of become tradition when I'm on Nerd Burger. I, I it's it's just it's like the universe tends to to put me in uh, on Nerd Burger around the same time I have exciting news to talk about uh, Andocon <laughs> for. So I, I'll take it. Um, so uh, I have my official Andocon hat on to make an official Andocon announcement. So this is as official as it gets. He's <laughs> actually wearing a hat, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly, <laughs> and it's a Viking helmet too. <laughs> um, okay, so. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to please announce the official dates and location for Andocon 2018. I don't have a drum roll sound effect. It's okay. You don't have to drum roll it. It's all right. (laughs) All right. So, um, (laughs) wait. (laughs) So, Andocon 2018, I've said it's definitely coming back, and now it's official as the contract is signed. So, March 9th through 11th, 2018, at the Atlanta Marriott Peachtree Corners. Not the same place as it was in the past few years, so if you're just expecting to go to the Perimeter Marriott, you're not going to find this. Peach Tree Corners. Whew. And man, it feels good to say that out loud, too. <laughs> March 9th through 11th, 2018. It's, it's official. Andocon is coming back. Woo. Mike has made a note on his uh, little yeah, show notepad because we now have to, we have, uh, you know, like, 10 months to plan yeah. getting ourselves out there to record an episode of the show. Yeah, I, have ten, I, I have 10 months to find a laptop because <laughs> I absolutely need a laptop we're in work- order to do that, in order to you know, <laughs> put the show on the road. We're working on it. <laughs> Michael, you want to come to uh, uh, Andocon? I'm sorry, where is that again? <laughs> in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> your enthusiasm overwhelms me, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm lazy. I don't like driving. Um, Plus, actually, we do, we do a thing in March as well, so I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> That's the kind way of saying yeah. no. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> saying I'm a little busy. That's fine. That's understandable. Yeah. I'm washing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole weekend. Um, and uh, there's a whole process that's going to be taking place to getting Andocon up and running. In, indeed. Um, and uh, in the past, uh, Andocon has really just been entirely, you know, you just sort of, the, the only involvement most people have is just, you know, attending or maybe staffing or what have you. But uh, we're actually uh, doing a little bit of restructuring for 2018. Things are going to work a little bit differently. Um, for the most part, uh, regular attendees will not really see much of a change. But um, f- there is, uh, there's a couple of areas that uh, we will be opening up to and one of them is uh, I'm trying to be a little vague so sorry if I'm beating around the bush a bit but um, I'm basically looking to potentially open up to sponsorship and even crowdsourcing uh, uh, opportunities so if you dear listener happen to be uh, a past present or hopeful future attendee of Andocon um, it would be and you're interested in the possibility of you know lending a little aid helping us out as well there's some there's some ways that you can make that happen, uh, whether through your warm body or through your cold hard cash. So, <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, when people go to the con, they pay for the bad. Yeah, the exactly. Con. So, in, in in a lot of ways, if it were to if if yeah. it were to be in part mm-hmm. crowdfunded to get everything set up, that's just a different method. Yeah, of selling the badge. Yeah, it wouldn't. It's it no would... different than buying the badge online right. via some other method. Yeah, it would be you no different. Create from... an account and you. Yeah, it'd be no Click different the from button and give us your money. Yeah, it wouldn't be any different from you know pre-registering online or even coming to the door. It's not like it's going to be significantly different. In fact, it might even be cheaper. So basically, it's the same amount of support that are already giving that that you may potentially already be giving Andocon. It's just a matter of the timing of when you give it is not different timing, different yeah. form. But it's still the same idea. Yep. So. so. That's that's a fancy way of saying it's basically going to be done the same way. It just might be via a different website. Yes. Or via two websites. Yes. If do one thing now and one thing later. Yes, exactly. However you decide to do it. Yeah. And that's part of what we've got Michael here to do today. Is he's going to talk a little bit about running a Kickstarter for an event that will help Ando make those decisions. Because I'm the kind of person that puts a teacher and a student together. <laughs> it's one of the things that Mike likes the best about me. 
<laughs> well, and considering that's also one of my superpowers, I can appreciate that, and I also am very grateful. So Mike's just... also assuming that Mike likes anything. <laughs> wow. In order 400 to rank things. 416 right? episodes. 416? 216. <laughs> Feels like 416. Oh, my God. How, what happened to the 300s? Yeah. How okay. long have I been here? Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's what he, that's that's what Mike <laughs> thinks every day when he hangs around with me. Let's let's roll. Let's roll on the show, guys. You set some up, Inox. <laughs> what news, Craig? Oh, did you hear about the Jimmy John's robbery? <laughs> what? Well, you know, nowadays uh, Wait, there's the Jimmy John's what robbery? Oh wow! You know, did, nowadays did, there's did they get there before the police did? Calm down, <laughs> like they do with the fire. <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, they nowadays there's a there's a camera everywhere. Well, sure, no matter where you go in any public place, there's there's a even camera. one hidden in here somewhere. Yes, it's the Nerdburger <laughs> web or the uh, studio cam. You can find it. There's a link to it somewhere hidden on the website. That's a joke from like the fourth episode of the show. <laughs> As I look around trying to find it, um, no, there there was a camera <laughs> pointed. There's a camera pointed at the register when a uh, there's a, a clerk at the at the uh, register, and there's a fellow that comes in and orders a sandwich, and then pulls out a gun and informs the clerk, "Give me all your money." And the clerk goes about um, acquiescing to the request in the most laid back. Slow, just taking it easy, non-panicky way, and he's gone viral online because of it. Mike, this makes me think of boo. Jeff. Boo! <laughs> what? Wow, Jeff! I thought you were going to boo Ben Kanop, like the laid-back, stoned, lazy. sandwich <laughs> delivery guy. Doesn't did did he not work for Jimmy John's? <laughs> yeah, he did actually. <laughs> the sandwich guy that used to deliver sandwiches over to my work. Anyway, Michael, have you seen this? I have not watched the actual video, but I've read like uh, the of accounts it. of it. And uh, in my previous life, I actually worked security for retailers for about 15 years. So while I, I don't think that's the cause. I will say that ultimately he did exactly what he should have done because quick movements uh, can actually get you shot in those situations. Sure. So the it, fact that he was so laissez-faire about it, whatever the reason behind that was actually great for him. Yeah. Don't Nothing to make the... Uh... The assailant nervous, correct. No, assailant's not the right word, but the did they catch the robber the because they got because the, he was on camera because <laughs> he was on camera for so long. Yeah, for waiting so long, for this yeah. guy. Yeah. Did did they catch him? Um, I didn't know? see anything specific okay. about that. Um, they have identified the suspect at least as of this email, as of this website that I'm looking at. They've identified the suspect, okay. so I imagine it's just a matter of time. It's a pretty good shot of him. I mean, this is not a crappy camera <laughs> shot where it's black and white and grainy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear. <laughs> Yeah, because it was on the register. Yeah, it was right on the register. Full color camera. <laughs> you know, 1080p, really nice. <laughs> Wide yeah, but screen. This day and age, you'd think that people would, you know, would know that even in a crappy fast food restaurant or, you know, anything above that, there's going to be cameras. I mean, back like back in the early 2000s when I was working at Coldstone Creamery, we we actually got robbed as well. I was not there at the time, but we got robbed and got a great security camera shot of the dude's face and they <laughs> caught him later. And he'd like robbed a bunch of food stores in the area. So like, why do people not realize well, I think that you're on camera when you're in a store? Was he robbing them for money or yes, for the food? Dude, he pointed a gun at a 16 year old uh, and told him to get on the floor face down in the kitchen and like, you know, I'm gonna shoot you if you don't. Like 16 year old guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Give me all your sprinkles. Yeah, seriously. Oh. Like, how much money do you think a Cold Stone really has on them? Okay, I mean, I know we're expensive, but most people pay by what? card these days. Is it, Nobody, do you know yeah. what they charge for a gotta have it? I mean, they're robbing him. <laughs> well, I know what they used to back when I worked there. All right, so that's that story. You can go look it up. <laughs> well, speaking of crime news, a man was arrested for assaulting a robot, <laughs> which then called the police. The robot called the, the police. The robot called the police. Yes, this is uh... from a landline, or did it have <laughs> like some sort of cell phone built into it through the Wi-Fi or whatever? Okay. It's a it's a K the K five droid made by Nightscope, which they were testing at their own facility in their parking lot <laughs> when the incident happened. So this is not. I read this article and I was like, wait a minute, these things are everywhere now. <laughs> these things are out in just random parking lots in California. What the hell? 
no, no, this is at their own facility. So yeah. <laughs> How did he assault it? You you gave Matt, you gave air quotes on that one. What what did he do? Jason Sylvian, 41, was intoxicated when he came uh. across the droid, which was conducting <laughs> patrols around the building. Shocker. Uh, despite the robot weighing in at a whopping 135 kilograms, I think that's 300 pounds, he managed to tip it over. It that's de- amazing. <laughs> that Yeah. The robot detected the danger <laughs> of having been tipped over and automatically alerted authorities. Uh, and then, then sounded a, lo- a, a, a loud siren. Help, help, I'm being repressed. Sound enough. What, what that makes well, I don't know how advanced the, the robot is, but does that mean like if it had just fallen over on its own, it would have called the cops for that too? <laughs> I guess maybe, <laughs> or 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 well, here maybe it, it has strong you know, wind. Well, no, it has it has to have some way of sensing its environment, right? So it's got a, like a little electronic eyes, and so it fell over and it looked around and it saw the guy with a gun or looking menacing or something like or that. A- beer bottle in his <laughs> right hand. so that begs the question if the robot were just like walking through a movie theater and it tipped over and then it looked around and saw like a poster from an action movie with some guy <laughs> holding a gun <laughs> would it call for help right or or would it like if it you know if somebody rushed over to try to help it back up would it detect the person coming and reaching towards it as an as- a further assault you know <laughs> that's, yeah, the, that's it, like, the... it makes sense to me that it would like contact the people who made it but it seems weird they would contact the police in that situation. I, I guess, guess I guess it's part of the testing. Yeah, it was, yeah. Pro- it was programmed. I mean, if way. it's a police calling robot, then go for them, I guess. Well, now, I'm imagining where you said a, it, it emitted a siren sound as well. Yeah. Now, what I'm imagining, of course, is like cartoon style robot falls over. <laughs> the, the, the side of the thing opens up and a giant bullhorn looking thing on, on a spring. <laughs> with, a, with a red rotating light. <laughs> like something out of Fires into the air and... Like something out of Animaniacs or something. Yeah. <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. <laughs> I am an adult. That's, yeah, that scares the... That would scare me away if I was assaulting a robot. <laughs> Stuff started popping out of it. Yeah. What else is going <laughs> to... Boxing club. Jumping out of there. See, Mike, on an arm. when you first used the air quotes on assaulted, there was a different direction I thought you were taking it in that I kind oh. of drifted away from, but now we're kind of coming back to it, you know... <laughs> No, it wasn't that kind of an assault. <laughs> Jeez. Coming back to it. Okay. Huh? <laughs> I, okay, you said that word. No, 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 no. Jeez. What else you got, Craig? Um, <laughs> there's a new novella that is available for free as that's, an electronic in electronic form. That's at one of Amazon. Them, that's one of them shorter, easier to read books, right? That's a short. That's a short novel. It's 96 pages long. Doesn't say like what the font size or anything. Like, you know, short. 24. Um, yeah. <laughs> One letter per page. And a free electronic copy is available at Amazon.com. Right now, you can go and get it for free. Um, it's a romance novel. Ooh. Um, starring a... Uh, um, Robot? Tells the story. No. no. <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. Man, hold on. Let's add the robot to the story once I get to the punchline. Gotcha. Um... Um, tells the story of Lady Madeline Parker, who runs away from a loveless betrothal, only to meet a handsome sailor with a mysterious past. Of course. The story is set in Victorian England, so of course it's going to be steampunk robot, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is called, and I'm not kidding. Oh, That's what it's ca- called, and I'm no, not kidding? Geez. No. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Tender Wings of Desire, and it stars the Colonel. <laughs> 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 a Colonel Sanders novella, Tender Wings of Desire. There's a really? picture. Would you like to see, Ando? You can yes, see from right yes, here. Oh, it actually God. is him. It's the not Colonel, just a character named the Colonel, the Colonel. With, with the white, with the white, yeah, <laughs> the white shirt and the oh black, the the, the, the the southern bow tie looking thing, the black tie thing, oh sleeveless, my God. <laughs> ripped, holding the woman. Is he ripped? <laughs> he's, no, he's muscly. Well, I mean, a little bit, but okay, he's yeah, sleeveless shirt. You're right, you're right. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, now the question is, is this like the, what, Jeff Daniels colonel, or is this the Dolph Ziggler colonel, is what I wonder. <laughs> it's a mildly buff colonel. And then the Victorian uh, steampunk robot shows up, and Michael's going to tell us how that goes. Uh, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact, um, I'm actually from a small town in uh, Kentucky uh, called Barberville, and about 20 miles north of us is Corbin which is where the first Colonel Sanders restaurant was open, and it's now a museum. And I have been to the Colonel Sanders Museum. 
Wow. Excellent. It's not as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> we have a KFC shaped like a big chicken here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it, even better. <laughs> it, well, and, and the thing is, it is actually, uh, uh, I'll be the one to say this for people who aren't from this air part of Metro Atlanta, but the, the big chicken, we do, in fact, colloquially just refer to it as that, not even as KFC. It is no. the big chicken, and it is absolutely a landmark. It is kind of one of those things that if you're uh, from around this part of Metro Atlanta, it is a common part of you know directions to be like, and then you get to the big chicken and turn right. Listeners who listened to the show last week will be happy to will be pleased to know that Ando is reciting exactly what Michael Loudguy said last week, which just goes to show I didn't listen to that episode. Yeah, well, you had more important things to do at three o'clock. Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Tender Wings of Desire, the Kindle edition, right here. On oh, Amazon. hey, wow! Was at least free with your free. Prime membership. Well, it would have been free regardless. At right? least it's free. Like to me, that would only be worse if they like had the gall to charge you like five dollars for it. Like you know, or even two or three dollars. There's even a sample here, but I don't, I, I don't want to start reading it unless the kernel's going to be in it. <laughs> they have a version. I imagine where he shows up later in the story, but it comes with mashed potatoes and a drink. <laughs> now, now, right? Craig, if you do, well, find that that version comes all heaped into a bowl, all just <laughs> smashed together. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Craig, if you do find something to read, remember the Colonel has to be deep Southern. You can't read it in your in oh, your no, Yankee I'm, I'm accent aware. there. Yeah. You also need to do a tech search for finger licking good. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not in there, that's disappointing. Oh my God! <laughs> Thank you for our episode title. Yes. <laughs> Mike, uh, I got nothing to follow that. <laughs> Good Why don't you everybody. try follow, following it? <laughs> I got nothing. Are we trying to keep news to a minimum today, or? Uh, well, yeah, and then we can. That way, we can spend whatever time we want to with Michael and uh, RPG Academy and everything else. And if we find ourselves with time, I've got fill-in stuff. Okay, I just it. have one last uh, article here because this relates to a lot of the news that we've. And I can't stop losing it over there. Congratulations, Michael. You have you've officially flipped my giggle switch. <laughs> Something that very few people have done on Nerd Burger so far, Mike being one of the other few. <laughs> what do you got, Mike? Um you know, we always talk about studies, scientific studies. Yes, studies. They're so wonderful because no one ever repeats them. That's my biggest problem with studies. Closing that one. No. <laughs> well, no, that's that's exactly what this is. Yeah. Medical studies are almost always garbage because most studies are. they're on they're, they don't get repeated or when they are repeated they're refuted. Right. Nobody can repeat the same results. Well, like, it's it's like half the time. Yeah, a lot of it's it's part partly it's you know if they do get repeated they get refuted, but a lot of it is that just people don't want to repeat them because the people who do studies are doing it in conjunction with a particular grant that they got money to do that particular study. And then somebody else comes along and says, I want a grant to do that study again. The grant people say, but we already gave money to do that study. Um, or it's people that are working at university or who are researchers and so forth. And they are part of their professional realm is to be published. And nobody publishes second place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody publishes the follow-up redo study that confirms the thing again. Occasionally they'll publish the thing that refutes the first study. Well, and, and, and it, I agree that those all are important factors, and I'm not trying to say any of those others, but there's also a human element that is probably uh, also linked to confirmation bias as well. Like, yep, see, I thought this thing and my study proves it. It's confirmed. No need to do anything else. We're good. Right. You would need like a truly unbiased person to come yeah. in and repeat the study. So now, okay, find somebody who who's unbiased, who's, who's, who's going to find the way to get the money to do it, and who is going to um, is you know is actually interested in repeating somebody else's study and accept the results no matter what they are and well that's that's the, the unbiased, unbiased part yeah. but just like just do a study again where they know they're not going to get any sort of real recognition out of it is the first time something's published that's when somebody goes oh hey and that's when you get in journals yeah it says half of all of medical studies end up unconfirmed. And two-thirds of the sexiest ones, the ones that we hear about, right. because they're so ridiculous or weird or crazy or sound way too good to be true, it's because they are. <laughs> the ones that make it onto Nerdburger are true. Yeah. <laughs> but it says <clears throat> the big problem is, is that um, they're just sloppy. 
the people conducting the studies are doing a bad job. <laughs> Gee, wonder why. <laughs> because the scientific method is a very exact thing. <laughs> like any variation. Like, yeah, and anybody will critique it. They'll come along and say, oh, well, you know, you didn't do this one thing that you needed to do for this to be valid. Oops. <laughs> now I'm going to crap all over you. So remember that when we report on the next greatest medical study. <laughs> well, <laughs> or anybody. Here's, here's a question for the table, everybody, all three of you guys. Okay. Um, are eggs good for you or bad for you? Both. <laughs> are you looking at me next? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> answer. I've, I really just don't know in uh, having trouble caring that much. Uh, I guess you've heard, you've heard the studies. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that I've heard studies and, uh, what's the most recent study? I don't know. No, I I don't either. It's one or the other. And it's gone back and forth enough. It's it's, it's cholesterol. Michael, 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 are eggs good for you? I say, yes, I will take a stance. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. That's much better than the other. I two took a stance. I just took both stances. I just said I don't care. That's all. <laughs> My stance is I don't care. Parts you know, of them are good for you. Parts of them are bad. For and you. oh, I can't. I can't complain with that because my stance on many things is I don't care. I mean, well, and and to be honest, like eggs are the kind of thing that are hit and miss for me. Like it for me, it largely depends on preparation. So since I don't eat them all the time, their health benefits or detriments are like, well, I don't eat enough of them so that they're positively or negatively you're not, impacting. You're me. not I'm eating just, six of them every morning for breakfast, right? <laughs> I'm having you know. You're a, we, we, you know, Katie May and I get a dozen at the store, and it lasts us weeks. You know, between the two, it, of us. it, la- it lasts you until they've gone bad, they, and you have to throw <laughs> half of them away, like like we do. <laughs> right? I, I I don't think you so. Don't we know. we do well. Katie May has omelets more than I do, so like oh, she'll, okay. she'll do it anyway. There's also a big like genetic genetic component to that. Some people can have a really powerful reaction, positively or negatively, that other people don't. So it's it's kind of I mean I know there's like statistical samples that are meaningful but some one person might eat an egg and do nothing another person can eat it and then the cholesterol shoots up twenty five points. Yes, that's very true. And there's also um there, there's also factors of like you know people who have even moral objections to, to to eggs. You know, not even just should we eat eggs at all, but you know, I don't know, just that 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 kind of thing also plays into I think you know somewhat we are looking at me like i grew a third hand, no i'm so, fine yeah. like the like <laughs> eating eggs just as a thing yes just or, the concept like of eating eggs eating is, an is egg that came immoral. from a chicken that was caged improperly both or, that's what i'm saying is that for some people it's because of the or. man yeah it's because of the manner of the treatment of the chickens beforehand but the concept is okay and there are some people it's like even the concept is completely you know reprehensible right. and so because that's a you know that's a little baby chick abortion that you're eating that could have been a could have been another chicken. I mean, chicken. it's actually closer probably to uh, not not so much abortion as uh, a miscarriage because it's not even fertilized. Yeah. It's it's not fertilized, Mike. I know. It's not. <laughs> now, occasionally... Well, that's a wonderful topic for us to get on, isn't it? Occasionally, you can end up with, a, with an egg that's got a little, little <laughs> bit of an embryo growing in there. You hear that story every so often. It's I've, I've not seen it personally, but I have heard of it happening, yes. yes. When I'm cooking with eggs, <laughs> I uh, I make sure to take a fork and scrape that thing off the end that would become the embryo if it were fertilized and <laughs> pitch that anyway because that just ends up all like hard and chewy when you cook it <laughs> and on that Good note get rid of it all right moving mo- on moving on Is too specific yes yeah, a little oh. bit <laughs> um Michael. When, when, you know when I'm cooking with <laughs> eggs. <laughs> right Mark. you're really cooking with eggs over there we need to start using that everywhere cooking with gas <laughs> you're really cooking with gas yeah but now we're cooking with eggs okay. no that, it's not a thing i'm making it a thing i'm announcing it today stop trying to make fetch happen it's not going to happen <laughs> michael i think we're going to segue to you because i'm frankly getting tired of these two <laughs> what, did I, what did i do i didn't do anything you started the eggs or eating eggs are immoral i said discussion. some people feel that way i didn't say i did trying to start up a political revolt and discussion on this podcast that we'll be talking about, about i've talked about more hot button issues than that before <laughs> okay sure Any- we can eat fried chicken that's okay <laughs> anyway but eggs <laughs> michael yes um you gave us the rundown on the rpg academy yes 
Uh, um, tell us about Akadakon. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, off the bat, it's a terrible name because <laughs> no one pronounces it correctly. Everybody uh, thinks it's Arcadacon. 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 Yeah. It's supposed to be a portmanteau of Academy, which is the RPG Academy, and convention. So it's Akadakon. I think if you're from Kentucky, it's a little easier to pronounce that way. Everyone else seems to have struggle, struggles. Um, but yeah, so the you want the long version or the short version? Because I could go for a while. Well, uh, tell us tell us a little bit about the convention. Like, okay. Uh, brief, briefly about kind of how it got started and, and how everything's gone over the years and then get more into kind of what the convention is about this year, what it's looking like. Okay. So um, I've been playing, and this will be the, the medium version, I've been playing role-playing games, D&D specifically, for about 30 years now. But for first, first 25 of that, it was like secluded. It was my house, my friends, my basement. It wasn't anything that anyone else that wasn't in the circle knew anything about. Uh, it wasn't until we started the podcast that I kind of figured out there was this larger community uh, out there. There was all these you know, different things you could do, different ways you could play, and so on and so forth. So because of the podcast, we decided to go to Gen Con the second year of our convention. And I had never, as far as I know, I've never been to any other convention before, like at all, not even just gaming, but at all. So I had no idea what to expect, but my Twitter feed was just full of people that first year that I didn't go talking about it. Like it's just, I mean, just my Twitter feed exploded with people talking about Gen Con and how awesome it was and everybody kind of recapping their days. I was like, okay, this sounds cool. I want to do this. So the next year we decided to go for the podcast and it was amazing. It was like the most fun ever. And it truly was a life changing experience for me. Like I went someone who had never gone to a convention before. Uh, now I go to as many as I can and I run my own. Uh, so on the way home, I was in the car driving home and my buddy, Travis, who's on some of our actual play episodes, he and I were talking, everyone else was passed out in the car. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't wait a year to do this again. Like I, there's just, I cannot, for, cannot fathom waiting 12 months before I have this experience again. Now, a smart person would have went home and Googled and found out, oh, there's like <laughs> 40 different conventions that are, you know, within two hours of me. But no, I decided to make my own. That sounds uh, familiar. So, so that's where a catacon <laughs> came from. We're like, we're going to do our own. Uh, originally, we were going to do it like a six month away from Gen Con. So it's sort of like a half a year sort of situation. Uh, those, the first two that we did were just at my house. It was basically the same people I played with all the time. Anyways, maybe a few extra people, everyone came over, came down to the basement. We played games for like, you know, 48 hours with a few hours of sleep in between. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. We loved it. So we decided to do it again. And this time the, the podcast was continuing to grow. We were starting to get an audience. People had heard of us. So we just kind of threw it out like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. If anybody wants to, you know, like come join us, you can. And people did. We had some people that flew out from Arizona to play games with us and a few extra people that knew some people who knew some people. So we ended up like 25, 26 people uh, in my basement. You know, it was, it was pretty tight quarters. So one of my friends is actually the guy who came from Arizona, Eric. So he's to blame or to be credited, depending on how you view it. Uh, he's like, you know, why don't we just rent out a place like everybody throw in a few bucks and we rent out like a ballroom at a hotel or something. That way we don't have to kick your wife out of the house for a few days or, you know, all that kind of good stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. But instead of doing that, I decided to go to Kickstarter and raise several thousand dollars and basically turn it into an actual public convention. Um, and this currently the one that's on Kickstarter right now is our fifth year, uh, third time that we've done it as a public event, raising funds and that kind of thing. And it's it's primarily a it's a gaming convention. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's mostly role playing games. We're actually kind of the odd man out, from what I understand, uh, that we're more focused on role playing games than other things. Most conventions these days seem to be board games and role playing games, which we do have board games there, but we're weighted more heavily towards role playing games. Obviously, we're the RPG Academy. <laughs> you know, we talk all the time about role playing games. It's not unusual, I guess, for us to be focused on that. Um, yeah, so we uh, we basically we sell badges, kind of like what Ando was sort of hinting at earlier. We sell badges through Kickstarter as a way to pre-sell and raise funds because we don't have any money. Like, you know, we're not a company. We don't have any backers. It's just us uh, who put it on. So this is a way for us to make sure that we don't throw a, you know, couple grand or whatever on our credit cards and then no one show up. Um, so we throw out a Kickstarter. We raise what we need to at least cover our deposits. And then no matter what happens, we'll at least have an event. We'll have a room with tables and that's really all you need uh to have a convention everything else after that's just gravy (laughs) 
Ando's chuckling. Ando. I've been chuckling through your entire story, Michael, because uh, honestly speaking, you're uh, with the exception of the inspiration being Gen Con, your your origin story for a catacon is almost identical to the origin story of Andocon. <laughs> you didn't Google either, huh? Nope, not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I've told the story a little bit before, and I don't want to trounce on your thunder, but I, it's it's a very similar story. So, so Mike, when are when have, have you have you thought about doing a Nerdburger a Nerdburger Con? Just decided to start doing that. Is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna no. Mike's not answering me. I so love there that, will that blank stare. Mike, there will be you. no Nerdburger Con. <laughs> it, wait, isn't Nerdburger Con Andocon? Yeah, kind of. I thought you said Michael, so I was no, trying to figure I'm, out who you were talking to. I'm looking <laughs> looking at you right in the eye. <laughs> well, you're usually looking at me because I'm sitting across from you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, are you gonna do Nerdburger Con? I got a game to design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know, I know. Do you've we got, need another con in got, Atlanta? You've got, we always need more cons. I mean, in all seriousness, in the past few years, a couple have folded. So, I mean, that's true. That, that's one mm-hmm. reason why I was so uh, insistent on bringing Andocon back because, uh, you know, Andocon, when I first started, I see you look excited, Craig. Give me two seconds. When I first started <laughs> Andocon, we, we had, um, you know, there were several other gaming conventions in Atlanta. Uh, a few of them have folded, and even like there's, one, there's a couple of gaming groups that were there for a while that have also kind of folded. And so that's like, I want to make sure that I don't leave the gaming community kind of hanging because for a while we had a lot of support and it's kind of fallen away a little bit. And I really, want to make sure that i don't leave everybody hanging so that's a big part of why i'm trying to keep keep going with what i'm doing okay what are you exploding with craig what's up a catacon south Ooh. <laughs> right so, there was briefly mention <laughs> Whoa. of uh doing multiple catacons because we do have you know again we're not the biggest podcast in the world by any means but we do pretty well for our for what we do um so we have people who live in california we have people who live in texas we have people who live in uh, all these other places around the country why don't we just do like a, you know, geographical catacon? And I just, I think it would kill me. Like, yeah, I just don't <laughs> think I could survive it. Well, now you got to reach out to the listeners and say, hey, we'll stamp it with our, with our brand. If you guys, to, if you guys do the heavy lifting. I was about to say, like, it, it, it you know, let, 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 I'll just put out here, ando at andocon.org. You know, yeah. not saying, just, just, just saying. Let's talk. Just saying. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've you've run a Kickstarter. Now this is the third time. This, um, and for right. the record here, I'm going to throw this out there. They've got a ten thousand dollar goal. Um, as we record this on Sunday, they're over ninety percent. Well, they're exactly ninety one percent with nine days to go. And by the time you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's six days to go. I wouldn't be surprised if this funds by Wednesday because it's been it just every day it creeps up a little bit more. And actually, since we've been recording, we've had two or three people jump on. We were not at 91% when we started. So yep. uh, oh, nice. we're, we're starting to get to that point where I think people see that it's probably going to fund and, and more and more people are starting to jump on. Because we, we have more money this year than last year at this time, but we have less backers. So I should, you know, I would, I'll be surprised if we don't end up with like 230 people. So if, if everyone does jump on, we should fund pretty easily. It's look. It's looking good from everything I've seen about you know kind of what you can expect out of a Kickstarter. I think you'll hit those last three four days, and it'll go bump 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 bump. You know, you won't make fifty thousand dollars, no, <laughs> but you'll you'll fund with some with some cushion. So even if uh, even if some people get their cards, you know, crap out on you or whatever, right. if they cancel out on you. Um, curious. Um, what did what was your experience the the first two times that you ran it? Was it did it kind of take the whole you know, you how did how did you determine your goal, and then how did you find yourself like? Because this is an interest. This is a different kind of situation where it's you're funding an event. Like yes, um, uh, so you're not you're not giving people a product. You're giving people an experience, and th- and that is very different. Um, you know, to be to be perfectly blunt, we we looked at a def- couple different avenues of how we could possibly fund, and uh, I don't even remember who mentioned Kickstarter, but I know that there there are other smaller regional cons, and, and especially some that are attached to podcasts that, that do the same thing. Uh, fear the boot con mm-hmm. does exactly the same thing. There's a tsunami con, which is the metagamers anonymous podcast. They do their own con and they funded. And I think there were, there's more now than there were then. I've seen a few I, in the last year. Yeah. There's, there's several big bad con orca con. There's, there's several that do this now. Um, and so again, I, like I basically copied someone else's model, like, okay, well they do this. They don't have to have an infrastructure. They don't have to have a way to take payment. All that's handled for them. And then for us, it was also, again, it was protection 
that if we tried to do this and no, you know, like we didn't have enough people jump on, we're not really out anything that first year. You know, we didn't sign any contracts. We didn't have any money obligated to anybody until the Kickstarter funded. So if like, if it had fallen through, there's really no harm, no foul, other than the amount of time that we spent putting it together, which isn't insignificant, but you know, it's not like, again, I don't have to put $5,000 on my credit card and then my wife divorces me over it. <laughs> um, so you know, if you wanted to get divorced, that's an option. But for me, I didn't want to. Uh, it seems kind so of a low, a, a a low threshold for divorce. <laughs> that amount. Yeah, think, well, you know, any day can be something different. Uh, high, high five figures or six figures, maybe. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're looking for that to happen, right. you know, if you want it guaranteed. Uh, so <laughs> I, I live in Cincinnati these days, but I'm, I'm not originally from here. I'm from Kentucky originally. I lived in uh, Cleveland for quite a few years. And I've only been since, well, now I've been in Cincinnati for, I think, nine. At the, the time I'd been in it for like six. But you can um, walk to Kentucky from there. Pretty, just about. Well, I'm lazy. I couldn't, but it's someone. <laughs> can you see Kentucky from your back porch? <laughs> no. Wah, wah. I can see Russia. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. And then my mistake. Yeah. So I, so I just threw it on like my personal Facebook. I'm like, Hey, I'm not from this area. I want to hold this event. Uh, you know, give me some suggestions. And I had some people that I'm friends with now that threw out a couple different places. And I went to, went to them either online or on phone or in some cases drove to them. And I found a place that was the right size for what we, we thought we needed and was a good price uh, doing things in November. It's gotten crowded now, but when we actually did it a couple of years ago, there wasn't a lot of competition. So we were able to get a decent price at a, at a hotel. Uh, it's actually a lodge. It's called the Houston Woods Lodge. It's in Oxford, Ohio, which is this, um, it's like a forest, protected forest park area. Oh, and there's wow. this old timey lodge is out in the middle of nowhere. It's actually really creepy, by the way. Uh, but it was <laughs> sounds beautiful to me. Big cabin uh, yep. in the woods. It, it, yeah, there was definitely some that we... Um, we did rent cabins for some of the faculty, the people that helped put it on. Um, so we were actually in a cabin, not attached to the hotel itself. But I mean, it, you know, it isn't like creepy horror movie, but when it's two o'clock in the morning and you're playing role-playing games with the lights turned down, it kind of works for that, which was pretty cool. Uh, so we, we figured out our budget based off of what we knew we were going to have to spend if we got the, the thing. So there was some, there was some back and forth. There's some things that we overestimated. There's some, definitely some things we underestimated. And I think, at the end of the day, we made $17 that first year. When it was all said and done, I still had $17 in my pocket. Wow. Which I've, I've been told by people is actually really good because most conventions don't make any money for the first several years. Yep. <laughs> I did not walk away from my first public Andocon with $17 in my pocket. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if it was luck or skill or whatever you, know, whatever you want to say, but it worked out well. It worked out well enough for us that we wanted to do it again. Uh, but we knew the lodge wasn't big enough. Like we, we wanted to grow and the lodge, there was a lot of positives to it. The atmosphere was great. The price was really good. It was very cozy, uh, but it didn't have a lot of room for us to expand. And it's really, it is in the middle of nowhere. It's like a 40 minute drive to any, well, that's probably an exaggeration. It's like a 20 minute drive to get to anywhere else that has food. And there was a restaurant on site, but it wasn't open exactly when it, we needed it to be. And when, when games broke up, you'd have like 40 people go to the restaurant. It was taking a really long time to get everybody served. So there were some logistics issues that just made it not attractive for future growth. So we decided to look elsewhere. And then we ended up settling on the Dayton Convention Center, which I'm in, I'm in Cincinnati, but they gave us the best price. So the next year, our cost really jumped. Like our first year, we paid $1,500 for the venue. Our second year was almost seven thousand dollars. But you guys, what what kind of a attendance do you get nowadays? Uh, so last year we we sold over three hundred and thirty badges, uh, and then we have like twenty people that are part of the faculty in some way or another that were there. This year we're aiming for five hundred. Ooh. <laughs> Ando's throwing you the goat. He, he approves. Man, I'm giving you the rock on. It's actually uh, last year, uh, AndoCon, we got uh, 314 plus, you know, handful of guests and volunteers and stuff. So that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not like this is a job where I yeah. can like make money from it yet. But <laughs> it, it, you know, there's growth, and we actually we ended up making about fifteen hundred dollars last year, uh, but we also. We sold things that we have. We actually sold raffle tickets. We did in the first year. And people said, you know, if you would have sold raffle tickets, I would have bought them. Uh, so we're like, okay. So we sold raffle tickets. Most of that money came from raffle t- ticket sales because we, we have a lot of stuff that's donated to us that we raffle. Everyone who shows up gets so many tickets. 
but last year we made it where you could buy more and and yes people bought a lot of them it's strange <laughs> maybe that's a, a regional or cultural thing because at two separate andocons i have uh, held raffles and we had like absolutely minimal um buy-in like we sold maybe uh, if i added the two years together i would not be surprised if we sold maybe 30 35 tickets between two years yeah oh wow maybe yeah. i mean yes it could be perhaps what we were raffling off but i mean like the first year we raffled off a handmade uh super mario brothers uh one-up mushroom um blanket uh and some copies of the gamers movies the gamers and gamers dorkness rising and right. uh the the other year that we did a raffle it was raffling off some magic the gathering uh emperor debt or uh sorry one of the new basically some magic the gathering supplies that were supposedly like super hot and were flying off shelves and we had like you know less than 10 people try and get uh, that one so yeah i don't i don't know what the what the reasoning about it because we didn't do it the first year like we didn't we didn't really want to, to be honest with you, like, because I, I didn't want it to be something. Because again, it's not about trying to make money. Like, I'm not, I'm not upset that we are making a little bit of money because it just makes it easier to do it the next year. But that's not the goal right now. It's not like I'm trying to do this as a business. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it eventually, if it gets to that point. But I'm not, like, you know, trying to scrounge every dollar I can. But people said if you had sold tickets, we would have bought them. So, you know, like we, I thought we would be silly not to do that. Uh, and again, yeah, we definitely had people that wanted to. So if people aren't asking at your event, then it, you're probably not really missing out on anything. Yeah. Well, here's a question. Were you, when you sold raffle tickets, did you sell, okay, I will sell you a raffle ticket to win this thing, or I will sell you raffle tickets to win something from this pool? Yeah, it was per item. Uh, so it was we, by every uh, item. Yeah, okay. we, we had like four drawings over the course of the three days. Or, yeah, I think I think it was four, maybe in five. Because we actually did end up with a lot of different prizes. And and each prize had its own receptacle as a bag. And so you only had to put your ticket in for the specific item that you wanted. And also, we, because we did it, you know, like on Friday night, there was the first drawing. And then we put out new stuff that would be drawn Saturday afternoon. And then after those were gone, we put out stuff that would be Saturday night. And then I think we did one more on Sunday. So you only had to put in tickets for what you wanted. And as things disappeared and new stuff was put out, I'm, I, don't, I don't know, maybe like psychologically, it sort of like restarted that process every time. Because I was I was surprised by how much people were buying raffle tickets. Well, I suppose if you get them to trickle it, you know, like I spent a couple of days, couple a couple bucks this day, a couple bucks the next day, a couple bucks the next day. It doesn't feel like they're spending ten dollars. Yeah, right. that might be a, another difference. Like we did all of our raffles pretty much just you know one time. So yeah, and there's a there's another convention local to me. Uh, they make a lot of money off their raffle. That's that's almost basically how they fund themselves, and. I don't know. And again, I'm I'm not trying to like naysay anybody, but, but they come around and like they announce, like they'll just come in the room, like we're doing a drawing and, and they like go to the tables and like they'll interrupt games to try to sell raffle tickets. And I just, Oh, that just not, not the environment. So ours was yeah. all, you had to go into a separate room. There was never any pressure at all about buying them, but we said they're available. So there was never any hawking or trying to get people to buy them, but people would come to us. So I don't know. I don't know if that, made it better or worse. I don't mean maybe it had sold more if we tried, but it didn't feel as icky to me that we weren't like pushing people to buy them. Right. Here's a question for you. Sure. Getting off, off the raffle topic. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the, uh, um, with your Kickstarter, you've got, you know, there's obviously there's, you know, buy a badge, get a badge for the whole convention. Um, and that problem, I'm guessing that's the one that sells the most. That's the backer level that you get the most people. People just want to go to the convention, but you've got a bunch of stuff. There's different ways to um, sponsor things to get your game company or your podcast or your geeky thing that you make um, advertised in some way. There's a there's a smaller way for a tabletop or a thing where you put your, you get your logo and information on a table. There's a larger way that's corporate sponsorship. Um, but setting aside those, um, what what other uh, of the of the backer levels have you seen that you felt like okay, we've really you know like this this really sells. This is something that you know, people are interested in. So uh, funnily enough, this year uh, we do a VIP ticket and we, and we did that last year as well. And, and there's a part of me that, that question, like, are we really given a value? Cause a normal badge, the Kickstarter is $35. I think last year it was 30 and the VIP tickets are 75. So they're, they're basically double the cost of a regular badge and they don't, they don't come with a lot of extras. Uh, the biggest perk is you get to register early. So when we put out the event schedule and everybody can see what's available, the VIP 
holders get like a week early that they can go in and register for their event. So they're more likely to get in the stuff that they want. Right. And being, uh, being a RPG oriented convention, that's a bigger deal than, you know, people that just go over and want to play board games. They take a board game out of the library and they play. Right. Absolutely. If you're there and, and we do bring in guests, especially other podcasts, we have some podcasts that are much more popular than ours. That people <laughs> come to them like one shot, uh, came last year they're coming again this year so there's a lot of people that really want to try to play in a game with those people so this is like a way to kind of all but guarantee it because i mean we have 15 vips if all of them wanted in the same game not going to work but so far we haven't had any conflicts like that um so the the vip tickets are 75 dollars. they sold out in seconds this year i mean before i hit refresh the first time they were all gone wow <laughs> several people say if you put more out i'll buy one and I would just like to hardly note, Ando, pay attention to what he just said. And no, I'm, would, I'm listening to every word that Michael is saying. I and I would like you. to hearken back, now, a different kind of a Kickstarter, but I would like to hearken back to uh, my Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. The eight spots that got you got your likeness in an illustration sold out in the first hour. I put up eight more. They were gone in a day. <laughs> People like the, the VIP, the special extra something if you put if you got if it's the right thing you just it's a question right. of finding the right thing to go in there and speaking as the layout guy there was plenty more room in that book for additional likeness <laughs> <laughs> illustrations <laughs> well that's because it was our first time laying out a book like that and there's there's some white space in there <laughs> no i'm just saying in general yeah well oh we could have you know we could have populated that book oh, with sure. a lot more illustrations yeah. i mean i think it was pretty solid as far as how many illustrations there were. There were, You never went more than about two and a half, three pages without something graphic. It could, it could have taken another round of eight easily. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens just, for just this. Just pointing that out. Okay. I happened to look through it recently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the whole thing. I oh. scrolled all the way through Did it. You, have you read the book yet? No. Okay, back to Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so realistically, we could have done more VIPs and, and obviously people would have given us more money for that. But again, I don't know that I don't think it makes sense to give more than 15 because we're not big enough yet. Like then we're kind of making, is it really a benefit at that point? If there's 30 VIPs, you probably would have conflict with each other and people wanting the same thing. So in my mind, it would lessen the value. Uh, And we also were very lucky. We have a sponsorship from Easy Roller Dice. Uh, They they sponsor our podcast and they also sponsor Catacon. Last year, they gave a set of dice to all of our VIPs. Uh, and it was their nice metal ones. And I'm not necessarily trying to do a commercial for them, but they're nice dice. And it's like a 30 or $40 retail value. And I had an unofficial agreement that they would do that again this year. So I didn't want to suddenly add like 10 more people and go back to them and say, hey, you know, this thing you agreed to do for us, I need twice as much stuff from you. Oh, so sure. we didn't do any extra VIPs for a couple different reasons uh, this year as well. But again, if we grow, if we get to 500 people this year, we think we're going to get to 600 next year then sure, we might do 20 VIPs instead of 15 this, like we did this year because it makes sense for it to be proportional as we grow that we offer more of that because we're going to need more stuff overall. Um, and that's probably the big thing. We also, we do sell GM badges, which we have actually gotten some flack from that from some people before uh, because they felt like you shouldn't charge for the people that are running games. And I, I agree with that in a large part, but we can't afford that. Like if we say, if you run games, you don't have to buy a ticket then we may not get any money off ticket sales because a lot of people who buy even the VIP, VIP badges, they run games as well. So if we basically said anyone who runs a game doesn't have to buy a badge, we probably would not make any money. Uh, so maybe someday if we get large enough where we have enough, you know, we have enough people that sponsors want to give us more money or vendors are willing to give us more money. Yeah, I'd love to do that. But right now we, we ask for $10, which is basically a 25% off the regular price, more or less. Uh, for people who are willing to run at least two things. Because uh, that's another thing I don't, again, I don't like about some of the other conventions where it's it's by man hours. Like if I if I run a game for six people, I get so many hours credit. If I run a game for four people, I get so many hours credit. Because I personally am not a fan of games that have eight players in them. I just think it's too many players. It, you don't get enough time for each person. So like when I go to a convention, I will just, I sort and, and remove any option that has more than six players at the table. And I really don't like more than four. So we don't want people doing that. We don't want you coming there saying, okay, I'm going to run four games of eight people. So I get a free badge, just run two things and then enjoy the rest of your time. It's $10. Like if, if that is literally too much, then let me know. Like if, if there really is anyone listening now that says, you know, I really want to go, but I can't even afford a $10 badge. 
email me. We'll figure something out. Maybe you'll run and get pizza for us one night and <laughs> we'll be fine. I don't want that to be a roadblock for anyone, but I also don't want someone trying to do so much volunteering to get a free badge that they don't actually have fun. Right. I mean, I, and I can see it reasonably. If you're, you're asking for two slots over the course of a three day convention, 10 bucks. That's, I mean, they're getting two days of convention for $10. Right. It's a pretty damn good deal. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully they're getting three days of a convention for $10 because they should be enjoying running the game that they're running. Yes. Um, that's not terrible. And it gives you a count. It tells, it puts you in touch with people, gives you a list of GMs. That way you, you know who you, you know, you know who you've got at least, you know, you've got, you, you know who you've got lined up. Right. And we do like the event schedule. Like once the Kickstarter closes, we, we will still sell badges after the fact. Uh, last year, we actually ended up selling quite a few after the Kickstarter as well. So I, I anticipate we'll get more people as, as the event gets closer. But we know who our GMs are up front. We start talking to them. We schedule out what they want. And, and we'll, again, we'll work with their scheduler. Like last year, we had one person who said, I really want to play in a different game that is scheduled for the same time my game is scheduled. But we knew that before the event was released. So we changed it. We're like, okay, yeah, we'll move the game that we thought you were going to run at 10. We'll move it to two so you can play in the thing at 10. Uh, you know, we have that flexibility because we're still small enough to do that. Uh, that way they can play in the same thing they want to do. They only have to run two things and they can pretty much be any two things they want. Like we don't even, it's really not that strict of a guideline. Uh, and now we know how many players we can hold. Like if we end up selling, for example, let's say our Kickstarter goes crazy in the next couple of days and we get like 300 people to buy badges. Well, then we need more GMs. So we're going to open up and we'll sell more GM badges because that's the worst thing that could happen is we have players with nothing to do. And fortunately, knock on wood, that's not happened yet. <laughs> oh, that's not. There um, go. Ando, anything else you want to uh, pick Michael's brain over there? Michael, is there any, <laughs> any, other in, any other insight that you, you have eating at your brain knowing, oh, I've got to tell them about this thing because this is really important and useful? <sighs> it's a lot harder than I thought it would be, uh, maybe because <laughs> I'm dumb. And it no, takes it's a just lot because you're a dreamer time. like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak. Mm -hmm. me so too. I didn't delegate very much uh, last year. And, it, it, and again, I joke around, but it really was hard on me. I, uh, I work a full time job. I got a family, I got kids. So, you know, I have a lot of commitments. Uh, my kids are in sports, they're in Boy Scouts. And so there's a lot of stuff I have to do. On top of that, I run a podcast where we, we release almost two episodes every week. It's rare for us not to. So Yikes. that's wow. well. There's a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of people. It's not just two uh, guys. True, <laughs> Mike's freaking I, out I over have there. I have a hand in almost everything. Like right. I do almost all of the editing myself. So <laughs> I probably put 20 hours. I would say that's generous. I put 20 hours a week in the show, and then on top of it, when I'm running the Kickstarter, and then on top of it, when I'm actually planning and then actually running the event, it's I, I need to delegate more. So if anyone who's thinking about doing the same thing or Ando specifically. Try to put a, a staff in place, whether they're paid or not, because no one right now is getting paid. Even though we made money, we just put that up for other stuff. Like no one took a salary. No one got paid anything uh, for running a catacon. So have a staff in place and have people assigned to do things. Uh, one person needs to be the liaison for the game masters. One person needs to deal with the vendors. One person needs to deal with the, the, ven the venue or, you know, whatever the case may be. Don't try to do it all yourself because it's it is definitely stress. Oh yeah, and and like the the for our first public year was pretty much just me and my wife doing a, most of the work ourselves. We I mean we obviously did have help and we had some staff, but like we the the a lot of the organization planning was just us. Um, every year that we put on another show, I try to diversify our staff pool a little bit further and get more and more help. Um, I actually just like the, the insight into the inner workings of Andocon. I actually just um, I believe it was last week I made the offer, but I uh, brought on a new senior director who's going to be helping me with a lot of the stuff that was still kind of stuck on me, despite having already shucked a lot of those other duties off to other people. So I've already been uh, delegating some and I'm, and I'm doing more so now. So it is very sound advice for what it's worth. If anyone else out there is listening, like basically like I, I do, I, I agree with the advice that you gave Michael. And if anyone is out there, I will chime in and say the exact same thing. Yes. Don't try to do it all yourself. It's a large part of why I had to take 2017 off because of this. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. Like I, I, I know enough about myself that I, I am a provider. That's why I almost always in the DM, uh, you know, I almost always host the events when I, when I do a thing, it's usually at my house and I get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing people doing a thing 
and having fun that I helped provide in some way. So running a convention absolutely pushes a lot of those buttons and makes me feel very good about what we're doing. So it's, it's worth it to me, but there's a lot of effort. And if your goal is to make money, that's very different because I haven't figured out how to do that well enough. You know, again, I, I said we made $1,500, which we did, but that was with no one taking any salary. Like no one in our group took any money, uh, myself included. So if you think about how much work we actually put in, I mean, I'm sure it would break down to, to <laughs> y'all made like for, four, per hour four cents work. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, your description of how, you know, how you enjoy making everything happen for other people and everything. Ando's sitting there burying his face in his hands because I'm like, okay, he's describing Ando. Yeah, they, basically. <laughs> That's exactly why Ando created AndoCon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and, and the thing is that he also mentioned one of the other earmarks of that type of personality that is also present within me of being a bit of a control freak, but also really super enjoying seeing other people enjoying themselves with something I created that that extends even beyond Andocon, even to just because obviously big shock. Um, and I've brought this up on Nerdburger before I am. Uh, I prefer being a GM to uh, a player in most RPGs that I play as well. And when that happens, I like I get the most excitement and the most energy to run that game when everyone is immersed in the game and the story. And it's like, I can't wait to play that. Of course, it, it just charges me up. And when people are really just blase and kind of acting with it then you know i get really it, it's depressing so yeah i get it yeah. entirely yeah, I, again I, I think if you do like a cross analysis of personality types that go into different professions and such i'm sure that the people who organize convention for the most part there's probably some cross section to that type of personality it's just yep. it it's something we want to do for other reasons and we're willing to put the work in to make it happen yep well there we go <laughs> Ando, I hope this was uh, helped uh, uh, you figure some stuff out. Think about how you're planning things, Michael. Thank you. Yes, thank you for coming oh, on board here pleasure. and thank talking about all this on. stuff. Yes, thank um, you, listeners out there. If you uh, live in the Ohio area in one of the states right around it, where it's not too uh, too too far to travel, um, Michael, when is the convention specifically? Uh, it's the week of Veterans Day weekend, so it's November 10th, 11th, and 12th. Uh, we are at the Dayton Convention Center, which is obviously in Dayton, Ohio. It's attached to the Crown Plaza Dayton, which is our partnered hotel. So if you are coming from out of town and want to get a hotel, you get a discounted rate there. But it's still a little more expensive than some of the other hotels around. But if the convenience of having a skywalk and being able to walk over is worth it, then absolutely hit, hit up the Crown Plaza uh, the Kickstarter ends on May 16th, which, again, should be six days from when this comes out, more or less. Um, you can get a badge for $35. It's more expensive after, though they will be available through Eventbrite. And you can also buy them at the door, but they're even more expensive there. Uh, we still have GM badges left. We still have, uh, we have, basically, we have unlimited regular badges. But if you own a game store or a podcast or want to you know, support us in a way, we can do that as well. Uh, but mostly, I just want people to come out and play games and have fun. Like, that that's the thing. If you just, in, I've even talked to other people who, who run other conventions, come to ours just to have fun. Like let ours be the convention where you don't work. You just play games. Lame. Sounds lovely, but uh, I also <laughs> would have a hard time driving up to Ohio, but yeah. you've got my interest peaked. <laughs> awesome. And Again, guys, uh, thank you so much for having me on. I do appreciate it. And uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, the easiest way is on Twitter. I'm at the RPG Academy. And if you type in the RPG Academy anywhere, more than likely, if something comes up, it's us. I don't think there's anybody else out floating <laughs> yeah, around with that name right pretty now. Pretty much. Um, and if you're interested, like I said, if you live in the area and want to get in on the convention, um, you've got a few days to do it. It's uh, the Kickstarter. Um, hopefully, by the time you are listening to this, is funded. If it's not, it's probably pretty darn close. Um, and you can go to Kickstarter and look for Acadicon. It's A C A D E Con. Um, Correct. 2017. And we'll have a link on our awesome. We sure well. will. And if anybody wants to just listen to a decent podcast about gaming, <laughs> uh, role-playing stuff, uh, hit us up. We Again, we interviewed Craig last year. We do show and tells, which are all the... It's a lot about Kickstarters, just because that's the nature of the beast right now. Uh, but we do interview shows. We do advice shows. We do live play. Uh, we even do have a few movie reviews that we've done. So there's a lot of stuff to check out if you hit up our website. I might be on the RPG Academy sometime in the not-too-distant future. That is true. That might happen at some point soon. Um, Mike? Yes? Where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, or not, 
nurburgershow <laughs> at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to go to nurburgershow.com and click the shiny button, candy button. Looks like candy. You want to click it, don't you? <laughs> Give us money, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can they find you? <laughs> Everywhere. Um, <laughs> I enough. mean, it's not really all that wrong. Uh, anyway, um, no, they can find Andocon, of course, at uh, uh, andocon.org. Uh, you can uh, reach us on Twitters and Facebook at uh, Andocon. Uh, big shock there. And if you want to get in touch with me directly to talk about anything, you know, like this, uh, ando at andocon.org, please. And you can go to uh, nerdburgergames.com to look at stuff about what I'm designing. And you can go to drivethroughrpg.com to buy a copy of Murders and Acquisitions, Woo! the role-playing game that I made and Mike made and Ando loves. Well, I mean, I play- I was one of the first playtesters. I, I liked it. It I know. was great. <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig announced a Nerdburger Con. Um, it will be uh, invite-only, limited guest list. Uh, Mike, Allison, Craig, and Ando. And uh, it'll probably happen on February 30th of 2017. Um, yeah, there'll be, uh, like, we'll play a game and we'll watch a movie and um, it'll all be imaginary. Because we don't actually have a convention. <laughs> and there's no February 30th and that already happened. No. <laughs>